Hey, what's going on, crypto people? It is the Crypto Siege with another day in the life, in the crazy life that is the digital asset space. Good morning. Happy uh, Tuesday to you. Uh, listen, guys, I hope you're excited about the digital asset space now, uh, right now. Hopefully, you guys had an opportunity to buy some of the dip. I believe XRP is around 24 cents uh, currently. So I hope you guys had a chance to grab a little for four for a dollar. You maybe even got in on the 23 cents um, as well, mark as well. So that would be absolutely cool. I, I was able to get in on a 23 cent mark. Just didn't spend a lot of money, but I did want, I just wanted to be able to say that I got some <clears throat> um, for that price uh, for sure. So listen, guys, I'm going to cover um, some, a little bit of stuff about the DeFi, a little bit of stuff about, you know, there's these recent hirings um, that are being done by Ripple, or at least these job openings uh, that are um, out there for Ripple. It just makes me think, what, what is going on? Why that is going on? Now, listen, they didn't, Ripple doesn't announce to the world, I don't think, about these, um, you know, they don't, I'm not sure if they hop on Twitter and, and do such a thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if that's just, you know, the community is so ingrained in, um, you know, finding anything that they can. But the fact of the matter is these job openings are, are out there, right? And so I just discovered a new job opening. So that would be three. I know they got, you know, maybe 20 out there. But these three in particular job openings, these positions at Ripple, um, I think it's something to pay attention to. I really, really do believe it. Um, I, I saw Mickey B. Fresh point out something. Uh, listen, we've all seen the video before, but I'm just not sure... If it, it made sense back then, and I'm going to share a video from uh, the ex-chief compliance officer at Ripple, uh, who is now the chief compliance officer at uh, PolySign. And I'm going to share some of the video with you guys from 2018. So that's not very long ago. And she pointed out something that I don't know if, um, certainly I wasn't paying attention to it. Uh, because, you know, she mentions Ripple several times throughout the talk, but I only paid attention to the part where she was talking about um, uh, Ripple in another fashion. And I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't in regards to FinCEN and wasn't in regards to monitoring transactions. Uh, I, I didn't I wasn't paying attention to that. Isn't that interesting? I was paying attention to some other, you know, she was probably, you know, singing some praises about Ripple. Um, and, I, and I listened to that more so than these transactions being monitored um, because, you know, I thought it was significant. I did a video on the fact that they were um, expanding, that Ripple was expanding its BSA compliance team. And BSA stands for Banking Secrecy Act. So Ripple, the company, has a compliant, a BSA compliance team. And I, I'm, I'm just thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm thinking uh, when I saw this new job opening, why are they expanding that team? If you've got a team in place, right? Teams in place. So it didn't say, you know, it said expanding. And I think it's so important in that job. 
um, you know, in the uh, uh, on, on the write up, wherever the job thing is. I don't know why I can't figure out what to say that is. What, so whatever that job application thing is, <laughs> um, it says we're expanding our BSA compliance team. Right. Why the need for expansion of the team now? If they need someone because someone left the position, right? Someone left the team, they would be saying that they need someone to fill that spot in for the team. But it didn't say that. It said they're expanding. Uh, and so generally, when you need more people, it's because you have more work. And then I find out about this new um, this new position that they're hiring. <laughs> That they put out there, right? Uh, and I'm going to cover that as well today. I'm going to cover, I believe, all three positions. And, and I'm going to share this video with you because I just think it's important to understand. Uh, one little note that she said in this video, she used the word only. And I think it's important to pay attention to that. So let's share some of that, guys. So listen, this is your XLP Ripple daily news in around... <laughs> Zero to ten minutes. All right, so let's share this video and hopefully, uh, and I'm going to share from from her talk where she kind of initially gets up there uh, to the podium. Key areas, AML vulnerabilities that are inherent in the blockchain technology itself. What does it mean for the future regulation of oh. AML regulation globally? And we'll just talk about cybersecurity risk considerations and more importantly, the limitations. Can the introduction of ever more stringent cybersecurity regulation effectively curtail some of the hacking and thefts that we see from wallets on blockchain today? And then on market integrity, um, what's new and important here when it comes to cryptocurrencies and why is that traditionally different from old-fashioned market manipulation practices? So, uh, imagine if you will, this is a representation of uh, blockchain around the globe. And all of these white dots that you see here are digital currency exchanges, financial connectors or gateways that are connecting to the blockchain. They are the blockchain on-off points where cryptocurrency can be removed from the blockchain, converted into fiat currency that's then transferred to your bank account. Now, there are hundreds... And see, I think that's really hugely important to, to know and understand. Again, this is the ex-chief compliance officer at Ripple. She's currently the chief compliance officer at PolySign. And what she's pointing out here is the fact that there are exchanges and then there's the blockchain. So the monitoring is, in, is twofold. If there's going to be monitor, monitoring, it's going to be from the exchanges and actual transactions on the exchanges. But there's also the transactions that take place on the blockchain. Okay, so it's very, very important to note that. If not thousands of cryptocurrency exchanges out there on all parts of the globe. Um, in some jurisdictions, these gateways do have anti-money laundering, know your customer, customer identification requirements. Um, in many jurisdictions, obviously, they don't. Here in the US, as Rebecca pointed out in 2013, FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, a regulator, stated that exchanges of, exchanges of cryptocurrency are considered money transmitters. Money transmitters are financial institutions here in the US and they are subject to the suite of anti-money laundering regulation requirements. 
one of which includes reporting on suspicious activity that is conducted by, at, or through a financial institution. And that's the important piece here I want you to remember, by, at, or through the financial institution. Um, as we all know, cryptocurrency exchanges around the world do not have similar AML standards and government standards. Some have no customer identification requirements whatsoever. So how can any one exchange's controls adequate, adequately address the risk of transactions flowing through that one institution when those transactions have the flow of funds, controls available to the flow of funds uh, through various other uh, entities and on the blockchain are sorely lacking. We've heard calls for global AML regulation, I'm sure many of you um, are aware of that. But let's just take it one step further. Even if we did introduce AML regulation that was globally applicable to all institutions, all digital currency exchanges, irrespective of jurisdiction, I want to tell you, it won't really, um, what, it's not going to be able to effectively handle transaction risk, oops, sorry, handle the transaction risk um, because all transactions are being happening underneath, on the blockchain, underneath these um, digital currency exchanges. Did you see what she said there? She said, all the, so let's say we, first of all, we don't have it now. Not all the different exchanges or different platforms that, that allow you to make transactions, okay, whether that be uh, a DEX or, 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 or uh, uh, just a central, a SEX, it's a centralized exchange, like a Coinbase. Right now, some of these platforms, right, you can go to KuCoin, you can go to um, Bittrex, or you can go to uh, pro.coinbase.com, you can go to Coinbase, you can go to Binance, whatever it is, in whatever jurisdiction it is, some have KYC and AML, some don't have any, some have more stringent or less stringent KYC and AML. But what she's saying is that those that do, that still does not address what's going on in the blockchain. It still doesn't address what's going on in the blockchain. Right? It's, it's still not addressing that. That's my understanding of what she's saying here. And she said, even if we go and we say globally, right, the, the G20 people come together or whoever, and they say, yep, all these different exchanges and platforms, Every single one of them has to be compliant. I know this is what they're moving towards anyway. This KMC, KYC, and AML. Remember, this was in 2018, right? And so we got the report. It was either from the WEF. I might have been from the WEF. I'm not sure. But they're, they're saying that these places, these exchanges and stuff, in fact, do have to. But in 2018, right, uh, when she put this out, that hadn't come out yet, obviously. So now the exchanges are, you know, they have something that has to be done, I believe, by the end of the 2020. Right? Still nothing's addressing the blockchain. The transactions that are going through the exchanges, yes, they're going to be monitoring that type of activity. But who is monitoring the transactions that are conducted on the blockchains themselves? Uh, there is no financial institution today. There is no company today with the possible exception oh. of Ripple Labs that has been required by regulators to monitor and report on suspicious activities that are being conducted on the blockchain. And I apologize for my computer just not cooperating, but she said there is no 
institution finance. And there is no place right now that is doing it via the blockchain, doing this monitoring of transactions on the blockchain with the exception of Ripple. With the exception of Ripple. And she said, she used the word required by FENSA, and I think that's an interesting statement. I really do think it's an interesting statement. Uh, let me share something from Mickey B. Fresh here. Is it this one here? Hmm. There it is right here. And this is Mickey B. Fresh's tweet. Shout out to Mickey B. Fresh, the one and only uh, who shared with us uh, uh, this thing here. Um, appreciate all the work that you do, brother. Uh, just think about this for a second. Um, it just got me thinking about that, right? It's fencing, right? Financial Crimes and Enforcement Network, right? We all know what kind of happened with Ripple, and hopefully this laptop will work. Will show. I think she actually explains what happened back in uh, 2013, I believe, um, where Ripple, the company, got um, charged from FinCEN for not doing enough, essentially, KYC and AML, acting as a money transmitter business, essentially, without the necessary... Um, um, uh, whatever that they need approval to kind of do it, right? And so they got fined a certain amount of money. And um, this agreement moving forward um, with FinCEN, I find to be fascinating. And the reason why I say that is because, just like she said, in 2018, right? Remember, this happened in 2013. And, and as far as she was aware of, in 2018... Ripple was still the only company, um, she used the word, required to monitor transactions on the blockchain. It just, it has me thinking, why is that? And if the word is uh, required or is the word more like what Mickey B. Fresh says, an agreement. Ripple has been monitoring and running surveillance on the XRP ledger since 2015 as part of the agreement with FinCEN. Again, why is that? Right? There's, there's this, that happened in 2013. There's been some, you know, there's been some other stuff that's come around since 2013. Right. Uh, and it had me thinking, is that an, a requirement? Is that an agreement? Or is that something that was was what's the word I'm looking for? A mutual uh, a mutual benefit. Let's do it that way. A mutual benefit. Why? Why fencing can have walked away and um, say, cool, why, why the monitoring? It, was it just about bad actors or was it uh, more about having something in place that could benefit the greater good and it's important to pay attention to what's going on? Is it, is it because maybe the people 
and from FinCEN and other places saw that this, what they could do could be massive, but it had to be looked at. It had to be monitored. It had to know that, look, this is, this is something that could possibly be used by everyone. And we need to be looking at it every single second of every minute of every hour of every day. So, and so my point is, is since 2013, there's been a bunch of stuff that's come along on the blockchain to deal with transactions. There's been a bunch of stuff. Why, why, why this ledger? Right? Why this ledger? Two thousand eighteen. This happened in two thousand and thirteen when the FinCEN came in, knocking on the door. Two thousand eighteen is when this lady here from um, the chief compliance officer at PolySign, ex former chief compliance officer at Ripple, she said the only company that was doing it, and just she's at the she's at a meeting with the IMF. Doing a presentation at IMF meeting in 2018. She's no longer at Ripple. And she's making a point about what Ripple is doing in, 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 in regards to KYC AML, looking out, you know, making sure nothing, no bad stuff is happening on the ledger. Why? Because they were ordered to? Why were they ordered to? I just think, why? Why? Well, this is 2013. Surely in 2013, who, who, which one of you knew about Bitcoin and XRP in 2013? And if you didn't know, and then today you're ahead of the game, you're an early adopter today. What was going on in 2013? Why, why that requirement if there was a requirement? Why that agreement if there wasn't a, an agreement in 2013? Why? Why pay attention to this particular ledger? You got to ask yourself why? Why? And, and again, what about the ones that got started in 2014? They got a blockchain. <laughs> what about the dudes that hopped onto the ledger in 2015? What about the dudes that hopped onto the ledger with their technology, hopped onto the blockchain, rather, excuse me, in 2015? What about the, the dudes that hopped onto the uh, blockchain in 2014, 2016, and 2017, 2018? What about those dudes? Why is there no attention, attention being made to those blockchains, protocols? Why the XRPL? Why the XRP ledger? Finson was still hanging out. Finson was still around in 2014, right? Still around 2015. Finson's still around 2016 and 2017. Finston is still here. 2018, Finson's still around. And guess what? Today. 
2020. FinCEN is still around. I, I haven't heard about it. EOS, uh, um, very popular blockchain, right? Got, you know, got the whole security things figured out, paid the little money, whatever. I haven't heard anything about FinCEN requiring them, that technology, um, to put together a team, if you will, a compliance team, and monitor their stuff going on in that blockchain. Why is that? I mean, right? Larimer's there, right? Got a team, got a CEO, got a founder, whatever. They could call. They could. They could. The people from Fenson can make a call over to Larimer. Now, you could say, well, you don't know if they do or not. That's true. I don't know. Hadn't heard anything. When, when they came out with the EOS stuff and they came out with the, um, the ruling of securities from the SEC, whatever, and they, whether they said it was and it initially was, it doesn't matter. When they came out and announced it and they put it all in the paperwork, well, I didn't hear anything about Fenson requirements. Why? Why, again, I'm asking, you tell me, please, in the comments, let me know. Why isn't FinCEN paying attention to that particular blockchain? And again, you could say, oh, that was 2013. No, 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 with XRP Ledger. No, 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 this is 2018, this presentation. And today, this is what we get today. Let me share a couple of things here. Uh, okay, first one is they're hiring a staff in, uh, integration engineer. Think about it. Look at the, look at the um, the job listing. Ripple is looking for a staff integration engineer. Don't know what it is that will help grow our expanding network of financial institutions by providing clients and partners with seamless access to RippleNet. The, you know they they're 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 you know they're ramping up. For potential, because they're expecting potential uh, clients. That's what it feels like to me. They're ramping up because they're expecting more potential clients. They're expecting more clients. Right? More work, right? This position is part of the engineering team and is responsible for understanding and communicating clients' technical needs. Could be. Could be one guy left. One gal left. Could be. Right? So let's look at the, 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 the next one here. This is from XRP Colt. Shout out to XRP Colt, my friend. Appreciate you big time. One thing I can tell you with zero doubt is the government loves oversight when it comes to their regulations. This job posting for Ripple indicates that XRP, the standard, is not far off. Right? He says, HODL, XRP, big things are coming. This is the job listing. It's an investigations analyst, Right? Now, you can say I covered this in a video, but I, I think it's important to kind of uh, my last video to, to cover it here again. Again, this is what it's an investigations analyst. Ripple is expanding its BSA compliance team and seeks to hire a BSA investigations analyst. This position will be heavily focused on carrying out monitoring and investigations on the XRP ledger. So it's, and, and what I want you to, what I think is important to know here is 
this is an added position. They're expanding what they're doing. Why? Why are they expanding what they're doing? In terms of this uh, BSA compliance. I, I just think, why? Well, I think you throw in the only part from the, from the lady in the video who said Ripple was the only company doing this. 2018. If you've heard of another one that FinCEN is, you know, hooked up and they, they got an agreement, let me know. But as of 2018, this is what the lady says, she's the only one. And my question is, why? Why did FinCEN even require Ripple to do it in 2013? And I get it. You could say, well, they were the next one. I mean, first it was Bitcoin, then it was Ripple and XRP. Cool. What about 2014? What about 2015? I haven't heard anything about Ethereum. I mean, I don't know. I, have you? I haven't heard anything. That's a pretty popular um, platform. And here's the new job offering that uh, shout out to XRP Crypto Wolf who shared this. And this guy here, Lee Jung uh, Yuke. Says Ripple is ready. Regulatory clarity. He has some uh, some very interesting tweets as well. You should check out some of his tweets and retweets. Go to his um, uh, page and check them out. Some interesting stuff he had. Uh, so he retweeted this from XRP Crypto Wolf. XRP Crypto Wolf, big time value add to the community. Thank you, my friend, for sharing this. It says Ripple is hiring a due diligence specialist. <laughs> So this is different than the other position on the compliance team. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a different position. Again, why do they need or feel the need to expand this team? I think it's a great question to ask. Ripple is expanding its BSA compliance team so the new due diligence specialist will conduct due diligence and enhance due diligence related to XRP, whatever, to LLC, a money service business, and wholly owned subsidiary of Ripple. That's that money transmitter part, I believe, that allows them to uh, buy over the counter and stuff like that, the XRP2. That's what I believe it to be. Correct me, please, in the comments if it's different. So, Ripple is, <laughs> Ripple is expanding its BSE compliance team and seeks to hire an experienced due diligence specialist. So, again, we got a blockchain, we got decentralization, we got anonymity, right? Not your keys, not all that kind of stuff, right? We got that group. And then you got the other group. You got you have Ripple. So when it comes to adoption by a central bank, for example, when it comes to, to adoption by a regulatory entity like um, uh, uh, a MoneyGram or uh, other financial institutions, other banks like commercial banks, which platform do you think that they're going to look to choose to work with? One that has a compliance team. <laughs> 
<laughs> one that has a compliance team or, or one that is in deep, you know, <laughs> is in, I don't know, a non-compliant team. <laughs> what do you, which one do you think they're going to work with? If you understand what I'm saying. And I don't know. They don't just have a team. Ripple doesn't just have a compliance team. They're expanding it. Why do you think that is? Just you know, because that because of that ten billion dollar valuation, and they gotta, you got they gotta up the number of employees. Try to get to the Fortune five hundred. What, what? Why are they expanding and growing their compliance team? Let me read this again. Ripple is expanding its BSA compliance team and seeks to hire an experienced due diligence specialist. This position will be heavily focused on carrying out day-to-day BSA, Bank Secrecy Act, slant anti-money laundering, slant OFAC, don't know what OFAC is, due diligence requirements. This person is going to report to the due diligence manager. Like when I was the air traffic controller, we had supervisors and we had managers, right? I was I was a controller. I liked talking to the planes. I didn't enjoy being behind the desk as a supervisor. And even worse, a manager who's managing supervisors. So this is a position, right? So there's more of us than there are supervisors. And there were more controllers than supervisors. And there were more supervisors than managers. So when you bring more people in, it could be replacing a position. But this said it was expanding its team, which means adding a position, uh, what it feels like to me. And again... Why is Ripple expanding its BSA compliance team? Growing it. (laughs) It's an interesting question. Let's look at a little bit of the stuff that this person will have to do. What you'll do is carry out the day-to-day due diligence needs of Ripple to support its global business engagement. Conduct watchlist screening and dispositioning tasks Escalating any cases requiring additional review. Conduct screening of customers and third parties for negative news. Escalating any irons requiring additional attention. Collect, synthesize, and analyze data derived from multiple sources, including publicly available databases and websites. Conduct customer due diligence and enhance due diligence, EDD, related to XRP2 LLC a money service business and wholly owned subsidiary of Ripple as needed. Identify information gaps and recommend action items to close any gaps identified. Again, great question to ask. I think a great uh, uh, conversation to have is why is Ripple expanding its BSA compliance team? Are they looking to do something in banking? I don't know. But why uh, need to expand the team? Personally, I'm thinking that um, this ledger, this XRPL ledger, is going to be is going is looked is being looked at if it hasn't already been decided to be a, a ledger for all. 
I, I don't know, but it feels like it. Again, if you know of another ledger blockchain that is currently monitoring whether it be required to or in an agreement or just say, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do that. We'll put a team together. If you know of another one that's doing that, love to hear about it. Didn't Tezos just go through a thing? I think Tezos just went through a thing as well. Love to hear about it. Because according to this lady, again, this is just 2018. Ripple was the only one. So according to this lady here, Ripple was the only one. And I just, it just makes me think, why is Ripple expanding its BSA compliance team? It really, it, it really has me thinking. Some food for thought for you guys, some food for thought. Some other thing here, another thing here that you might want to look into. And <sighs> Founder of SushiSwap DeFi protocol cashes out. Chef Nomi swapped all his, all his, this says all his sushi holdings for ETH. Claim it was not an exit scam. So um, someone, um, someone said it was $10 million. I was listening to King Solomon earlier today. Shout out to my dude, King Solomon. Hope you're doing well. Hope you and your family are doing well, brother. $10 million, they don't, they don't have sushi they got $10 million worth of ETH. If you had a choice, <laughs> if, you if you had your druthers, if, if your hands were tied, would you rather have some sushi or would you rather have $10 million in ETH? <sighs> I'm just saying. And just like Alice Mashinsky says, he says, you and I as retail investors, early adopters in this space, we have to make a decision. Are you going to go for the sushi? Or are you going to have the ETH? Are you going to try to earn over there? Or are you going to earn on a platform like the Celsius Network? The dude cashed out all his, swapped out all his holdings. Of course, they're calling it an exit scam. Interestingly enough, if you go check out sushi today, it's up 70-something percent. Why would that happen? You know, they feed on the greed of the retail investor. They feed on the greed of the retail investor. Trust me, this is what they're doing. Playing games, emotional dashboard games. And they're just feeding on the greed of the retail investor or, or especially feeding on the, you know, the, the lack of knowledge. One of the worst things, really, I could just have to be honest with you. One of the worst things going on in Twitter right now is a dude talking about their gains on yam or sushi or some other thing. It's, it's the worst thing that can happen. Because people go and gamble for that quick fix and that hope of some quick money. Instead of, instead of taking the Warren Buffett approach, 
where you do your homework, you do your due diligence on good companies with real use case. You buy it, and then you hold it for the long term. 99% of these DeFi stuff in three years will be toast if it gets to three years. More like two years will be toast. It's your, it's your hard-earned cash, guys. And you got to think about it. You're taking your hard... And these DeFi things, you're taking your hard-earned fiat dollar. You're turning into an asset. You're turning it in, into an asset like Ethereum that has an alliance with all of these companies behind it with the real platform, right? And the tons and tons of people building on it. You're taking it, that ETH, you're putting it into sushi in hope for, in, in return and for hopes of some crazy return. Gambling. Or you could choose something like the Celsius platform that on your ETH that you deposit, you take your hard-earned cash, you put it into a new asset class. In an asset like Ethereum, okay, just place it on the platform and you earn interest on your money, right? Currently, it's 3%. If you're, if you're um, outside of the U.S., you can earn up to 4%. Nobody's cashing out on you. You hold, you heard, no, that's not right. That's Ethereum Classic. Uh, ETH is 4.55%, 4.55%. And up to 6.20%. You hold an asset with utility. Can anyone argue about the... You, you may argue about the scalability of ETH. You may argue about the gas fees currently going on right now. You can't argue about the utility. Everybody's building on Ethereum. Everybody. You can't argue on the utility. So you hold this asset... Or just and or company, because it has real use case, real utility to it, and you earn interest on it. Or you can go gamble the real asset. Very very similar to day trading or margin trading, and gamble, and put your something and put your stuff into sushi, if you understand what I'm saying. You can hang out in the sound-saving instrument world, or you can gamble. Or you can gamble. Or you, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can hedge your bets on or try to place your bet on, I'm in first. I'm not in last. Oh, no, 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 I'm first to this thing. All the other people are going to lose out. You can play in that world if you want. Or you can hang out in, in the sound-saving instruments platforms. They don't, they don't promise you 4% a day. This is 4.55% annually. You can hang out in the places with a non-sustainable model. It's your choice. Or you can hang in the sustainable model. Just understand that the more you promote the non-sustainable the more people that end up losing, because there's only can be a certain amount of people that are first to the platform. You've got to understand that. 
Gotta understand that. Guys, Lisa, there's a link in the description for every single one of my videos for the Celsius platform. I encourage you to watch as many AMAs as you humanly possibly can with Alex Mashinsky from the Celsius Network. Alex Mashinsky learned the business model because he tells you it in every single AMA. See if that makes sense to you. Learn about the other business models. See if those make sense to you. Which one would you rather have? Right? Which one would you rather have? All right, guys, listen, I am going to wrap up this video. And, and no, before I even say that, just understand uh, with the Celsius Network, you earn in kind in the United States. If you put BTC, which you'll get 6.2% annually on your BTC, the highest in the space, 6.2% annually. Okay. Or you can earn 11.5% on stable coins, which we all know what stable coins is. But just in case your mom and your dad don't know, you tell them that they take their regular fiat dollars that they have, that they have in a bank that's earning 0.01%. And they can now earn 11.5% on that money. Paid out weekly. Paid out weekly. All you got to do to test it out is put 200 bucks in stable coins there. Just put 200 bucks, 250 bucks there. And see if you get your weekly interest. See if you have a little bit more than 200 bucks. It's really that simple. They pay it out weekly every single Monday. I love Mondays. It's really that simple. So that's really the ultimate decision that you have to make. And then they got the staking platform, uh, coins on here as well. Matic, Synthetics, LPT, Link, and Kyber. They're paying 16% on Matic, 16% on Synthetics, and 10.5% on LivePeer. 4.5% on Link and 2.5% on Kyber Network. Got to kind of make the decision on how you're going to create generational wealth for you and your family. You know, we have on our channel, it's generational wealth equals digital assets plus sound saving instruments multiplied by cash flow business. How is the form, how, what's your formula look like? Or do you have some digital assets? Do you have sound saving instruments? And do you have a cash flow business? The Celsius Network for me is one of two of my sound saving instruments. And I absolutely love earning XRP every single week. I absolutely. <laughs> and it's not just one. I love it. Got to make the decision for yourself. You're going to hang out in sushi? Or are you going to hang out in sound saving instruments? All right, guys, listen, I'm going to wrap up this video like I do all of my videos and remind you guys of this. Old money. Doesn't want you to win. They don't want us to win. They would rather us remain a cog in their perpetual wheel of trading our time for dollars. They don't want us to play in the same playground that they play in where we allow our money to work for us. This is our chance to win, guys. The digital asset space is our chance to win. We are in the midst of the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of man. Are you participating? Or are you standing on the sidelines? Here's what I do know. That the battle for you has already been fought. And the victory is yours. Go get it. I'll talk to you soon, guys. See ya. Bye.